Anyways, you know what I absolutely love is that when God has something to say, he just says it. And, it, and he says it through people who are open to him saying it through them. And what I think is incredible is that um, a lot of what was said in the last song that was saying, um, all we need is you, and then a lot of what Pastor Cole said, and then, and then I texted Pastor Sean before service, and I said, hey, what are you guys talking about over there? I was just curious. And I didn't find out what they were talking about until 10 minutes before service, and, and guess what they're talking about? It's, it's just got everything to do with what I'm talking about and what the songs we're talking about, and God has something to say. And so we just got to open up our ears and listen, and, and uh, it's a lot easier for you guys to open up your ears a lot of times than it is over there to get them to open up their ears, but, but uh, I'm excited for what God has put on my heart tonight. Before we get into this, though, um, I just want to give you a little background. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Austin. I grew up in this church, and uh, and I just look up to so many people in this room, and and um, they're just kind of the model of who I want to be and uh, what I want to be like and walk like. And and yeah, so I grew up in this church, and I met my wife in this church. This is Jessica sitting comfortably over here, and and uh, we now have two beautiful baby girls. They turned one. Um, I got some pictures if you guys want to see uh, their one-year-old pictures. Yeah, super cute. Can you guys tell me which one's which? I can't. Yeah, there's a couple more on here. These are their one-year-old pictures. They're walking now, so they're just all over the place. That describes them right there. If one's happy, the other one's going to try to stop that (laughs) from happening. So there's just some pictures I thought you guys might like. I know you see... Those of you that are friends with us on Facebook, you see your fair share, <laughs> especially if you're friends with my wife on Facebook. Yeah, so they just turned one, and life's just been super busy for us, um, but we love it because it's everything we've been praying for. Um, so we've been praying a lot lately just for God to show up in our lives, and just, uh, just through our faithfulness and just through walking and just doing what we have learned to be the right way to walk and, uh, and just, to, just asking God, like, you know what, just show up. And, and there's a new song that came out, and I can't remember who it was by. I think it was Jesus Culture. But what it says is, uh, God come, and what it's saying is, like, it's asking God to come in whatever way he wants to come. And so many times we say, it's funny because a lot of songs, um, they're written like, come like a rain or come like a fire. And, and this song is just like, come however you want to come. And, um, and that's kind of where we're at in our lives. It's just like, God, we're just going to keep walking. And, and I remember Pastor Don said it. It's just like, I'm just going to keep, it was, he was telling the story about when he was at his first church and he, and they kind of uh, dismissed him. And he was just like, well, God, I'm just going to keep serving you and see what happens. And ever since then, I've just, that's just been my mindset. And, and in our marriage and, and life together, we're just, we're just going to serve God and see what happens. And, uh, and things are happening. And, and we've been tithing and praying just for, um, just for more financial provision. Isn't that what everybody ties and prays for? I mean, come on. But, uh, but my wife started a business. She does videography. She, it's mostly wedding videography. But um, so that's just been great. And it's, we've been super blessed by that. And God's just been providing wedding after wedding. Starting this Friday, we have five weekends in a row. It's just wedding, 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 wedding. And God's just like pouring it out on us. And, and sometimes when God does that, it's, you just have no words. You just, you just genuinely like, I mean, I know we're trying to do our best, but like, I just don't feel worthy of, of this. And, and even, and what's funny is uh, she does wedding videography, but a clown, a clown call, called her and said, hey, I'm a clown. 
an actual one, and I just was wondering if I could get a quote because I'm going to go perform and I want you to video it. And she's like, do I say yes? Like, that's, we have a wedding this Friday and that's this Saturday. She's like, do I say yes? And I'm like, is that a question? Like, I, we're praying for God to give us business and there it is. If we want video clowns, we'll video clowns. Um, if you got any monkeys or anything or whatever you want us to, we'll be there. <laughs> so... So, yeah, that's just an example of how God's just been super good to us lately. Um, life's been really busy, but it's been really great. So we had, uh, we had the girl's birthday was on Sunday, then the church barbecue, or picnic was on Monday. Anybody go to that? That was so much fun. I love that. I feel like it just gets better each year. Um, I look forward to that. And uh, it's been good. Life's been really busy, and, and it's been really good. But Today, um, I was experiencing the fruit of the busy life, and what I mean by that is that all of the days of busyness, Friday night we had a Giants game, and, and it was just busy, so coming up to today, today I'm back to work, and I'm at my desk like, whoa, it all hit me just now, <laughs> like, wow, we've been busy, and so, and I, in, the, in this whole process of this past busy week, in, and I'm preparing a message, and and I felt like God was telling me throughout the day, I was just feeling uneasy about the message. And it's not that it was a bad message, because it's still something I want to work on, um, work on right now and stuff. But I just felt like the whole day, I felt uneasy about the message, which just made me scared. Because I'm like, great, I'm not going to be confident in my message. And I'm just going to, you know, it's just going to be horrible. And, and, what I, and then on the way home, I'm praying to God, like, God, will you just... Just show up. Like, I don't care what I have. Like, what, whatever I've come up with means absolutely nothing. And so I'm praying in the Spirit, and I'm praying on the way home. Just, you ever yell pray in the car? I mean, I'm yell praying in the car. Like, I'm like, God, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would just show up tonight in a mighty way. And what I have prepared means nothing, God. I pray that I would just have an, just an empty vessel and that you would just speak through and just get your point across tonight in Jesus' name. And, and I pull into the parking lot, and I open up my Bible, and I'm feeling... Um, a little bit, still a little bit nervous about what I have tonight, and I open up my Bible, and I'm like, you know, anytime you feel stressed or you feel worried, uh, one of the best books to read is Psalms, because it's just a bunch of songs, I mean, that we read them, but they're, they really were songs, and, and they're just songs of, like, praise through hardship, and that's all, it, I mean, that's Psalms for you, so if you're feeling discouraged, like, I just need the word, and you don't know what to read. Just open that thing up. And, and so I opened up to Psalm 18, and I started reading, and I'm thinking, you know, people who preach, one of their biggest fears is that God would give them a word right before their message. <laughs> I mean, it's what you want, but not right before your message. You're like, a little sooner would be nice so I could think about it. But that's what happened. It's exactly what happened. And, and so I'm in my car, and I'm reading this, and I'm like, I'm wanting encouragement for myself. But as I'm reading through Psalm 18, I'm like, this is what everyone needs to hear tonight. And I felt just 100% peace come over me at that moment. And, and that says something um, just about a moment of obedience and what it does in our lives. And, and in that moment of obedience, sometimes it's that step of obedience that's going to be that answer of peace in your life. And, and everyone's striving for peace and wanting peace in different areas. But I've learned that obedience is the best way to find that peace. And, and so, yeah, as I, was, as I was praying in the car and and reading, I'm going through, and I'm just starting to take notes, and, and I wrote my message. <laughs> I got little notes. I don't know if you guys write in your Bibles, but uh, I'm always writing little notes and stuff, and I think God's okay with that, so I do it, and, um, but I had, I had my laptop with the message that I prepared in my car, and I'm like, 
okay, this is really good, and I think I'll probably touch on that in the beginning, but I don't, I don't know about making that my message. And so I get out of my car, and <laughs> I'm like super hesitant to grab my, to even grab my laptop. I'm like, God, do I just like just go for it um, and just leave that there, or do I like have this here but keep my laptop open in case it fails? And and I felt I felt immediately the word. I just felt God speak to me and say, My word will never fail. And I think it's a I think it's a it's a sickness sometimes in us that we feel like we have to be prepared or we have to prepare something to be used by God when in reality all we have to do is prepare ourselves. And and so I don't think nowhere in my Bible have I ever read that if you're going to preach the word of God you have to have um, written notes and and things like that. No, but what you have to have is a yes. And I, and I have a full message in the car, but I don't think that's what God has for us. So I think uh, we're just going to go ahead and get into it because it's very clear to me that God has a theme tonight. And that theme, it started in worship and and then getting the text from Sean about what he's talking about and then Cole. And, and that theme tonight, I think, is just that, especially in that last song, uh, All I Need Is You, I think that's the theme. And it started in, in my life in the car was God saying, all you need is me. And I, do you guys remember when Pastor Don, he had us all hold up our Bibles and he said, what are you holding? And we said, the Bible. And he's like, well, what it, like, what's another word for it? The word of God. And he's like, well, what does Genesis say? The word, the, word was, the word is God. And so he's like, so what are you holding? And everyone said, God. And we're like, oh man, we're holding God. <laughs> and, and, but that's exactly what it is. It's the word of God. So this holds all the power that we need. When I was about, when I was about I'd say 12 or 13, I felt God speak to me. And he, what he said was that the word of God alone is enough to lead people to Christ. And, and I shared a testimony about that. Um, I don't know if it was last time, maybe the time before that, but about how I just one day had my Bible open and, my, and one of my coworkers just started reading it and was led in the sinner's prayer at the end of the night. And that's proof that just this is powerful enough. So I think we should just go ahead and get into reading it. Um, I got more than enough notes, thank you Lord, in here now to, to cover this. So let's read Psalm 18 together. If you guys have your Bibles, this is, this is what we're going to be reading out of tonight. So if you just want to open up to Psalm 18, um, it could be a Bible on the phone or it could be your paper Bible, but this is what we're going to be reading out of tonight. And uh, this is David, and this is basically the theme of this whole psalm. It's a 50-verse psalm, and, and um, a lot of times he has a theme or a time of, uh, timeline in his psalm that he writes. But with this one, through studying it, and I have a study Bible, and I'm reading through some of the notes and trying to study this particular chapter. And um, the conclusion that I came to was that this was not... Um, a point in time in reference to a, an exact event, but instead this was kind of the, um, the summarized testimony of David's whole life in retrospect. And, and so this is, this is basically the way that David feels about his God. And it's incredible to read and it's very encouraging. So let's start with Psalm uh, 18 and verse 1. It says, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Has he been the deliverer to any of you in this room tonight? Man, he has delivered me through, through I mean, through sin, through unforgiveness. He's delivered me from, from feeling shame and guilt and, and people who have hurt me in my life. And he's just completely delivered me of that. And, and how cool is it when you can relate to somebody who put pen to paper and write in the Bible? And so we're, we're able to relate to David in this and that he is our, he is our deliverer. Uh, my God is my strength in whom I will trust and a lot, of times, a lot of times it becomes easier to trust God once you do it the first time. 
Isn't that right? I mean, that's just the way life is. Once, you know, you have to earn typical relationships, whether it be uh, man and woman or whether it be friendships, whatever. Typically, you, ha- you build trust, right? But with God, he's saying, trust me. And we say, okay. And then we, we do something. And it, oh, there's that point in everyone's life where they're like, they finally did that thing to trust God. And they said, you know what? This is something I can grab a hold of. As Pastor Cole was saying, grab a hold of it. That's exactly what we need to do. That's one, of the, that's one of the best ways to put it, is that we literally have to reach out and grab a hold of this thing called God and, and carry it with us and trust in him all the days of our lives through everything. Sometimes in the hard times, it, it seems like God is, God is like not even there. And, but he is. He's always there, and we just got to trust in him. And so continuing on, uh, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. And we have enemies, don't we? We have enemies, some, t- some physical human enemies. Sometimes it's a coworker or family member. I know for me there is, there is some family, some jacked up families out there. Let's put it that way, all right? Uh, every single one of us has Maybe that person, that one person, or maybe that section of the family. And it's just, it's hard to get through to them. Sometimes it's just always drama around certain people. And, and um, I think instead of, instead of treating them as our enemies, instead we can look at them as our peers because we know that what? We shall be saved from our enemies. We don't have to worry about them. Because God is in control over them. He's in control over the situations. And as long as we're reflecting Jesus, then we will be okay. And that's what matters. The pangs of death surrounded me. This is verse 4. And the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord. I know I've done that. And cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple. And my cry came from before him, even to his ears. I love the way it puts it, even to his ears. Because so many times he seems un, unreachable. I mean, he's God. And we think of him as this, this God who's just sitting, and he's just too much for us, right? Sometimes it feels like, I don't know, it's kind of like, uh, what do they call that when you're around a celebrity and you get that feeling? Starstruck. Yeah, sometimes we feel that way and we're like, you know, we pray to this God, but, but do you ever, do you actually look at him like he's standing right in front of you? Because the heart of our God is that he wants you to feel like he is standing next to you and in you and with you. And, and that's the heart of our God. And so that's the way that we need to begin to try to look at our God. It seems, it seems unfathomable that, that the God, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Yeshua Jireh, the King of Kings, wants to be our friend. I mean, I can't even get my sisters to be my friend half the time. But the king of kings wants to be our friend. And, and well, if I can't get my sisters to be my friend, it's probably because I picked on them my whole life. <laughs> but, but our God wants to be our friend, and he wants to be close to us, and, and he doesn't want to feel far off. And, and it's so easy to put God far off. And a lot of the time it's because of rebellion, and we're turning from God, and that's why he feels far off. Or it's, a lot of times it's simply, you may be in a great place, but even still, God, how, how, how can somebody who I can't see with my eyes help me in this situation? And he feels far off. And, but all the time he's standing right there. The Bible says he stands at the door and knocks. 
and we just have to open that door. So many times we're pounding on the door, God, answer my prayer, answer my prayer, and, and, and God, show up in my life. And the whole time he's going like, this door's wide open, like you're banging on air right now. Like, and he's standing right there, I'm right here. Instead of striving so hard to reach me, open your eyes and see me. And, and what I heard, one, uh, one time I heard one, one of my, the pastors that uh, I've listened to a few times, he gave this message and he said, he was speaking about the shepherd and the sheep and how God is our shepherd and we are the sheep and, and what he said with the, the rod and the staff. And the way he was describing the rod and the staff was that what do sheep do? Uh, they just kind of wander around, right? Sheep, they just walk around and they eat and they just walk around. I mean, tell me one impressive thing that a sheep does. Not really anything. And, and what's funny is we're, we're sheep, Tell me one impressive thing that we do. <laughs> I mean, we do the, the most impressive person on earth is somebody, I think, who is just saying yes to God. And that's how, as I was said in the beginning, there's so many people in this room I look up to, and those are the guys and those are the women that, that are saying that, and those are the people that we can look up to are those that just say yes to God. And, and because we're with, without God, we are sheep and we're nothing. And with God, we are sheep and we are nothing. And that's something that sometimes gets confusing. But, but anyways, what he was saying was, was that as sheep— we try so hard to impress God. As sheep, we try so hard to, to, to in, without God. We put God aside and we try so hard to live our life without God. And we're just constantly, as humans, we are put in a place where our flesh and our human self is constantly striving. And our God doesn't want us to be striving. I mean, it really, the, the way to be in right standing with God is a lot simpler than we make it. In our, in, in our flesh and in our human being. And, and what he said is that, and this, uh, this stuck with me forever, is that he said, sheep don't have to strive. Because with that rod and that staff, not only is it correction, but it's that rod that pulls him in. It's that staff that pulls us in. He pulls us in. We don't have to do anything but walk around and eat and say yes and just be, and just be the sheep to our God. But the sheep don't have to strive. That stuck with me because I've always been the guy to strive, and it's been something that's brought me into dark places, and, and, and the problem is it's also brought me into rewarding places in, in the world, and so, and that's, the enemy loves to use that. The enemy loves to use that. There's a man in my life who, who's doing really, really, really well um, on the outside, and you, you look at him, and you're like, man, that, he made it. American dream, he made it, and I had a conversation with him once, and and it's really, I've, I'm not often able to have this conversation, but I, I was able to open the door of talking about God. And, and, um, and through conversation, we're talking, and, you know, he's saying, like, well, what's the difference, like, between, you know, the God of the Bible and some of the other gods? And, I mean, they're all, like, you go to them, and they give you answers. And, and I'm like, the difference is he's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Like, as a Christian, I'm like, I get, like, defensive. I'm like, you know what? He's the only God, and that's the difference. Yeah. Like, these are the guys who just made up fictional characters. And, and, but from outside in, trying to be a Christian to a lost person is, you, you can't approach it that way. And that's what I learned is you can't just, I mean, you can be defensive, but through truth and through love. And, and everything I remember about Jesus reading in the Bible is that he reached people through loving on them. And, and so, I mean, he, he brought correction, but he loved on them. And, um, and so through conversation, we're talking, and, and he made a comment. He said, well, I just don't feel like I really need God right now. And I'm outside looking in, like, 
And it immediately hit me, not from, not from my defensive Christian self, but from outside looking in. And I was like, well, I really see how, how you could feel that way. I really see how, you know, you might be in a place where you feel like you don't need anything because you're so well taken care of and you've done so well in life. And immediately the Lord spoke to me and, and I told him. And, and it, I mean, it was back and forth until, until God, I let God speak, until I stopped and took my defensive self back and, and let God speak. And what I felt like the Lord said was that a lot of times the enemy allows you to have this lavish life and allows you to live this life of luxury because he doesn't want you to get to the point where you realize, wow, I really do need more than just this. I really do need God. All I need is you is what that song said. And, and that is the place we need to get to. And, and when I said that, it's funny, because every time I say something like that, that is directly from God, not only does the person know it, but I know it, because I immediately go like, where'd that come from? <laughs> and, and I'm like, I know I'm not like, that's not like, I just don't feel like I have enough brains to come up with something like that. And, and, but God does, and when we open our mouths, brilliance come out when we open our mouths in obedience to God. And, and he said, well, that's a good thought. And he's just kind of no words, and and, and that's just, that's how it is, is the enemy will a lot of times allow us to, to have this lavish lifestyle. So for a lot of us, that's a lesson. For me, my, one of my biggest struggles in life has always been wanting success and wanting, you know, money. And, and I know a lot of people, like everybody wants money, but that's just been the one thing. I mean, I think everyone has that, sh- has a struggle in their life, but personally, that's mine. And, and, um, and it's just because of what I've, what I've grown up around and, and things like that. But, but to have that knowledge, I feel is such a gift from God. And, and I, I, look at, I look at things like that, convicting thoughts like that, that is a gift. You know, when you're convicted, it's a gift. It's a gift. It's, God, it's God's correction, and we have to look at it as a gift. We, we need to be gracious of our conviction, even though sometimes it stings. <laughs> and um, anyways, continuing on in this reading. Um, then the earth shook. Now this whole part, now I think it's between, yeah, so between verse 7 and 15 it's basically how God's presence affects the darkness. And as I was studying it, this is kind of what I got from it. So, then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. A lot of times you have to look at the one word that sticks out and the one word that sticks out there is under. Uh, he, he rode upon... A cherub and flew. He flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters. His canopy around him. It wasn't the canopy in him. Sometimes we have darkness all around us, but it doesn't mean that we have to allow it to come inside of us. In thick clouds of the skies from the brightness before him, his his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. Hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe. Lightnings in abundance. And he vanquished them. New King James. I'm a millennial. So reading New King James is like, what? (laughs) Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of your breath of your nostrils. And so the way that I read that, when I was reading this, and I, and I felt early on, like, I mean, in like the first three verses of, the, of, of Psalms chapter 18 that God wanted me to preach on this, and so I got to this part, and I'm like, really? I mean, I could preach on part of it. And, and so I'm reading this part, and I'm asking God, and, and, I, and what I truly feel like the interpretation of this is, this is the clear demonstration. I mean, this is obviously, um, 
um, when I read in the study part of this, it's, it's clearly what he sees God as, and, and it's his interpretation of the power of God and, and what happens when God is angry. And if that's what happens when God is angry, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> I, don't, I do not want to make God angry. All right, I want to be on his side. And, and going on, you'll see what happens when you're on his side and, and when you're seeking God. And, and it's very encouraging. And it starts in chapter 16. He sent from above... He took me. He drew me out of many waters. He delivered me from my strong enemy, from those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. And wow, when I read that, when I read that verse um, in chapter 17, I wrote a note that this knowledge and the confession is, is the key to life. It really is the confession that they were too strong for me. And I think the word me is what's important in here is because, yeah, they were too strong for me. But what's in say in verse 18? They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. But the Lord was my support when they were too strong for me. And so many times we feel like they are way too strong for me, that this giant in front of me is too big and I cannot conquer it. Have you ever been in that place in your life where, I mean, sometimes it's small things. And if you're like me, I stress over small things and they seem like big things, but in reality, they're not. But a lot of times there are big things in our life where we feel like they're just way too big and we're trying to wrap our mind around, how are we going to solve this thing? And, and what God is saying that he is our support. He doesn't, he, he's not afraid to tell you that, that your enemy is too strong for you, that you alone, you can't defeat the enemy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But as humans, sometimes as Christians even, we think that we have the power to defeat the enemy. We alone do not have the power to defeat the enemy. He has, whether we want to admit it or not, the devil has power. And that power is influence. And that power is, and, and that's it. It is influence. If you allow him to influence your thoughts, if you allow him to influence your life, that is when you will begin to see how he is way too strong for us. But God is our support. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Don't we want our God to delight in us? We want our God to delight in us. And how does he delight in us? By us running after him, by us calling on him, by us confessing, God, we, I am too weak, but you are strong and you live in me, God. And because you live in me and your strength lives in me, I'll be able to defeat this enemy in front of me, God. But if I, at the moment that I take you out of me, I'm defeated. And he loves it when we come to that reality. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. In other words, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord and have not wickedly departed from my God. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. And that, that what, I, what I got out of that right there, and that was just verse 22. For all his judgments were before me, and I did not put away his statutes from me. Sometimes his judgments can scare us. Sometimes knowing what happens when we step away from God is scary. It should be. That's the fear of God. And the fear of God is something that we need to keep in, the, in, the, in our frontal lobe at all times. We need to recognize the fear of God and live by it. Because the fear of God is healthy. The fear of God is what we want. I remember when I was, what we call it, a baby Christian. When I first got saved, I heard the fear of God. God wants us to fear him. I'm like, why would this, this loving God want me to fear him? Like, doesn't he want to take away my fear? Why would he want me to live in fear? And, and through reading the word and and how many times does just opening this thing answer our questions? Because, <laughs> I mean, that was definitely a brewing question. I was, I was growing up in children's church or going through youth, and, I, and that was always a constant thought in my head. Like, this fear of God section of the Bible is very confusing to me. But he, it's a healthy fear of God. And, 
And that verse really is really powerful because when that fear comes, we are not to turn away, but we are to turn to. And when we turn to God and the fear of the Lord is when we will begin to see him move mightily on our behalf. I was also blameless before him, it says, and I kept myself from my iniquity. Therefore, the Lord has recompensed me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in his sight. With the merciful, you will show your merciful. With the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. With the blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. With the pure, you will show yourself pure. And with the devious, you will show yourself shrewd. For you will save the humble, but will bring down haughty looks. And I think so many, okay, so when we read these things, when I read these things, I don't know, but I can't speak for you guys, but when I read things like this, where it says, with the merciful, you will show yourself merciful. That's motivation to me to be merciful because I find myself daily, God, I pray for your mercy in my life. And, and, and the Bible is so clear to us. Okay, you want my mercy in your life? Show mercy. And right here it says, with a blameless man, you will show yourself blameless. Well, if I want to be blameless and I want God to, to show himself blameless to me, then what do I got to be? I got to be blameless. It's very, it's very clearly written out to us. I'm so thankful for the word of God. How many of you guys are thankful for the word of God? This is a map, and, and we're, we're living in a life where we need a map, and we look for so many other maps, but this is the map, and this is what's going to help us get through all of the hard times in life. For you will light my lamp. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness, for by you I can run against a troop. For, for by you I can run against a troop. This truth here, I'm going to continue reading and, and I'm going to get into this, but this whole next section here fires me up because it's a whole new perspective on how we are to be as Christians. Wow. So, for by you I can run against a troop, but my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. And how is it proven? How is the word of the Lord proven? Because when God makes a promise, he keeps it. And I've learned in my life that if I'm not going to say yes to this promise over my life, and, and I feel like there's a will of God on my life or something, and I say no to it, guess what the next day I see? I see somebody else doing what God told me to do, and I'm thinking, wow, God, you're going to fulfill your calling whether I'm on board or not. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and latch myself onto you so that wherever your, your will is going, God, I'm along for the ride. I'm going to go with you, and I'm going to say yes to you, God, and see what happens. And it says that the word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him, and we need to trust in God. We need to live in trust. How many times are we on, on, the, on the defense side in life? How many times do we find ourselves feeling like we're on defense just blocking the attacks of the enemy? God does not call you to just block the attacks of the enemy. Luckily, he gives us a shield of faith and a whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belts of truth. He gives us the sword of the spirit. He covers our feet in the gospel of peace. And he gives us his full armor so that we can be on defense. But I believe the will of God is that we need to begin to step into a place of offense where we need to begin to play on the offensive side of the field against the enemy. Not just waiting for the attacks of the enemy and then blocking them, but instead waging war on the enemy in our lives. And instead of just sitting and knowing, okay, waiting for the next attack and waiting for the next defeat in our lives or waiting for the next stone to be thrown, instead we need to put down the shield, pick up the sword, and fight the enemy on his grounds. And nowhere in the Bible does it say that we need to just sit and be scared and hold Hold up a shield and allow the enemy to attack us. We're the children of God. We're not meant to be touched. 
we have God on our side. We're not, we're not, our shield should not be as broken and as, as roughed up as it is. I mean, that's how we, that's how I know I've lived most of my life with that shield up and with the sword down. And, but in God, he wants you to be able to have that sword up and wage war on the enemy more so than the way, than the enemy is waging war on us. And that's, a, that is, that's when I said that there's a whole new perspective in here because that, that came alive to me. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength. It's not myself, it's God. And makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. And he sets me on high places. When I think of my feet being the feet of deer, I think about the fact that I live in Deer Park and watch deer jumping huge fences and running really fast and doing awesome things. And if you're going to make my feet like deer and you're going to have me running, running fluidly, running with grace and hopping over the walls in my life and hopping over the mountains, then, then so be it. I will be a deer. So many people are like, what's your spirit animal? I know, I know for sure my spirit animal is a bear. Your spirit animal is probably not a bear. Your spirit animal is probably a rat or something. <laughs> you, it's, it's the people that say that, like, I know my spirit animal is, you know, a lion. Or, or I'm like, nah, okay. Well, I'm a deer, and then they laugh, and I say, really, you want to laugh? <laughs> you want to laugh? And, and anyways, let's go on in here because I get sidetracked with stuff like that. Hey, imagine me trying to write a message because that's where my mind goes. I'm like... And I'm, I, got, I got notes, and I'm like, that's a whole nother message. Can I please get back into where I'm at here? Anyways, that's, how I, that's just how I think. Anyways, I love to identify as a deer from this point on. And anyways, he sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. Isn't that exactly what we were just talking about? He teaches my hands to make war, to make war. I think God is fully okay with us making war on the enemy. I think, I think we can get that twisted sometimes, but I think as far as waging war on the enemy, he's all for it. Not only is he all for it, but he's standing in front of us, on the right side of us, on the left side of us, and on the back side of us. And when we come together as a body, something that, that, that the reason that I am completely in love with Solid Rock Faith Center is because of exactly what happened before the message even took place. Raise your hand if you feel like a little bit of you was set free before the message even took place, because I know it did in my life. I know that in this church, we're a body of people who know the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and we don't deny it. We don't deny the Holy Spirit. We don't say that that's not for today. Why do we not say that that's not for today? Because we see it working today. And I love our church because we're not afraid to, to mess up, you know, whatever. Like, I, I mean, I genuinely would care less if, if God just was flowing through Pastor Cole and he was just, you know, people were coming up and answering the altar before the service and we just spent time in worship. I mean, that happened. Was it last week at Tuesday night or the week before that? Two weeks ago. A bunch of students, imagine this, get this in your head and it'll make your heart happy. A bunch of students just in the presence of God and there were a few of them that, you know, were sitting down and they weren't, they weren't feeling it and they weren't into it. But you know what happened? Just as today, just as tonight, how God wanted to get a point across. So he spoke it over there and he spoke it before the message. He spoke it through song and he spoke it through Pastor Cole. And then he spoke it to me before the message. The same way God tries to get his point across. Two weeks ago over in, over in youth, we're in a moment of worship and, and, and Pastor Sean usually goes up and he closes out worship but this night he said hey you're going to close out worship and and 
and you're going to, you know, you're going to close out worship, and then you're going to do the transfer, and it's going to be a smooth transfer, and whatever, but, so, and I'm sitting there in the presence of God, and I'm feeling like, man, I, I have a word, and so I go, and I tell Pastor Sean the word, and he goes, that's like exactly what the theme of that, I, what I was just feeling, and then what happens next? Two more leaders come up to Pastor Sean and say, I have a word. What happens next? Two students come up to Pastor Sean and say, I have a word, and they, each and every one of them were able to give that word on the stage, and what happens next? Those that were sitting down are now on their knees because God had something to say. I, I think of myself when I, and you guys are going to laugh, you are a youth, but when I was in youth, when I was a student in youth, I, I wanted nothing more than to, to grow up and be a preacher, but I had no faith in me to do what those students over there are doing week in and week out. To be 13, 14 years old and say, you know, I have a word, and just walk up to your pastor and say, hey, I have a word. Do you mind if I, if I, if I tell everybody this word because I can't deny it and it's bubbling up inside of me? And for students in high school to stand up and to, to be that obedient is, you know what? You know what's, what's awesome is that outside looking in, our world is headed for disaster. But when you start to step into the churches of America, you'll see that it's not. When you start to step into the people who begin to say yes to God, you'll see that this world is really not headed for that much disaster. That's a, Tuesday night is the most encouraging night for me. And it's not necessarily because of the worship of the word, but it's because I get to watch students recklessly abandon and putting their day aside, saying yes to God, having, you guys have seen it when a youth team comes over here. We have some young girls who come over here and do the singing now. Well, those very young girls are, are more, than, more than bold to just step out on Tuesday night and just begin to pray in the middle of worship. And so concluding that last Tuesday night or two weeks ago, it was a time where a message wasn't even spoken. Pastor Sean got up and only to say what, what God was speaking to him, but as far as his notes, they were put aside. And because, you know what, even if he did want to preach a message, there was two minutes to do so by the end of worship. And it was incredible. And that's what happens, I think, when we allow ourselves to step into the presence of God. Unbelievable to watch that happen. And, and that is, I mean, we talk about it all the time. We go home, and, and I don't know about you guys, have you ever been in a, in a very intense moment with God where you leave and you almost even feel exhausted as if you just worked out? That was, the, that was a couple Tuesday nights ago, and that's my new standard. And if I'm not leaving church feeling exhausted, I didn't do enough. That's the way, that we're gonna, that's the way I'm going to do it from now on. And, and anyways, I just encourage you guys with this, with this particular chapter of the Bible. I mean, it's got, 50, it's got 50 verses in it, and we didn't quite get there. But you guys see the theme going on here, and you guys see the theme that God's trying to speak into our lives, which is that all I need is you. Bill and Lori, do you mind coming up here, and, and we're just going to close out, and, and if you, we'll open the altar for prayer, but I just, I, more than that, I just want these words to be spoken and for them to just resonate, and because when I was standing over there in worship, I just felt God was saying, you know what, the theme of tonight is that all I need is you, and I said, okay, that can be the theme, and he said, no, you don't understand, all you need is me. And, I, and then it, and my eyes were open, and I thought about how, wow, I don't have technology up here with me. I'm about to get up on stage, and I'm about to preach out of the Word of God alone because all I need is Him. I, don't have, I left my computer in the car. I left my phone over there because all I need is Him. God's trying to get something across. I think God's trying to get the simplicity of the gospel brought back down to where it's at. I think He wants us to know as Christians that all we need is Him. And that we don't need, I mean, the, the lights and the, and, the, and the sound and everything, the technology is awesome. It's a, it's a gift. It, it's, it's where we are in 2017. We're going to have it. And, and, but what God wants his people to know is that it's not a necessity. 
that, that I don't need a laptop to preach off of. I don't need, you know, you know sweat dripping off my face because I'm trying to, trying to have content for a message. Here's the content. And when God tells you that you need to go speak a word to somebody in the store and you feel it and you feel somebody and your spirit's aligning with theirs and you feel nervous because you don't really know what you're going to say, think back to the word of God. Remember what this was? This was God. And if you're reading this thing, and that's the thing, is so many times we think we can get through life without reading it. And you have to read it. Because if you want to be an influence on this earth, if you want to be able to say yes to those moments and have God show up in miraculous ways, then it's going to come through reading this. Because reading this is what fills you up with wisdom and knowledge. And, and in those moments of fear in the store, and, and I mean, raise your hand if you've ever had a moment where you felt God say, hey, you need to go talk to them. Man, if I had 10 hands, they'd all be up. Because I've had so many of those moments in where I'm like, no way, no. I'm like, that's, no, no, that's not you, no way. Like, I just, like, I just like, I just like to be a Christian, and that's why I think that I'm supposed to go talk to them, but that's not you. And, but it is. Never doubt it. Because, it, you know what? If it was just you thinking, what bad could come from you sharing the love of Jesus with somebody else? If it was just you seeing someone and saying, hey, I might need to go talk to them about Jesus, it's only benefit to come from that. Amen. Amen. So if you guys want to stand to your feet, we're going to sing that song, All I Need Is You, again tonight. And, and